Big Is someone celebrating a birthday today? That's why you're here. You remember my birthday. <laughs> all the crime fighting you've been doing, and all of a sudden you take time out to come visit little old me, Max. It's, it's amazing to... But of course you would. Why wouldn't you visit me? We're best friends. What are you doing? You made me a cake? People don't get a chance to see these small, kind things that you do for people. I, I know what they say about you in the press, but it doesn't matter to me because I know the real you, because you're amazing. Wow. That's what the press needs. They should call you the amazing Spider-Man. You like that, Spidey? I like it a lot, Max. <laughs> Good. Because today is going to be amazing. Circuit 39. Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And we are once again joined by the one and only... Jonathan Davenport, whenever there's a movie with a Harry Osborne flying around as Green Goblin, <laughs> we bring in Jonathan to talk about it with us. And we're talking about Amazing Spider-Man 2. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome back again. Oh, thank you. Yes, it is my blessing. It is my curse. Yeah, what a rare opportunity to have you compare and contrast our two. <laughs> so <laughs> many Harrys. <laughs> so many Harry Goblins. Harry Goblins. Yep. Man, I know. So just to be clear, as we get into this, you petitioned for this. I just want everyone to know that, yes, that you, you volunteered. <laughs> OK, let's clear some things. <laughs> you insisted. Yeah. I plead guilty. Yes. To, <laughs> to say I'm on board. I'm fully on board for Amazing 2 or Spider-Man 3. Mm -hmm. But then you pulled Spider-Man 3 first. So the only way that I knew for sure I could hang out with you guys is like, I have to take that first train. And then right. you're like, oh, we're also doing Amazing 2 next week. And it's like, OK, so now you filled my, my buffer. Like, I can't I, I've got nothing left. This is your fault. I blame you. OK, well, as long as we're all blaming each other, then I think it's a good... all equally culpable for this. <laughs> it's like that Hitchcock movie. Like we all we all did it. Yeah, everyone did it. Yeah. All right. So here we go. OK. I don't even anybody want to start. Oh, well, I'll say this. So the one in between the last time that you were on the show, Jonathan, and this week, mm. we did talk about Amazing Spider-Man one. And I, okay. I think maybe a place to start would be to say I, it hit me watching them so close together that I feel like a lot of this is course correcting for that movie. But then they overcorrect it like that. That movie is kind of just boring, like it's a boring reboot. And I feel like they steered really hard. <laughs> The other way. That is very interesting because if I could describe Amazing Spider-Man two in one word, it would be boring. But it's but here's like I feel but like it's nothing. Frenetic boredom. But like <laughs> nothing happens in the first one, and everything, everything happens, happens in this movie. You know what? Catch us up because um or catch me up. I haven't seen Amazing one in in quite some time. I I don't think I revisited it after it first hit video. Like I saw it in the theater, and then I bought it because I'm an idiot. Uh, watched it 
and uh, and here we are. So uh, uh, remind right. me of its flaws. Yeah. So here's the whole movie. There's a guy named Spider Man. Yeah. I mean, I like that. So far, so good. I mean, so <laughs> well, the green light. Where's yeah. the green light? So it's <laughs> no. Basically, Sold. Peter Parker gets bitten by a spider. He becomes Spider Man. Uh, Gwen Stacy is a girl in his class that he is stalking uh very creepily very creepily uh and his uncle ben in fact was like you're stalking that girl and tries to warn her and then he's murdered unrelated to that Are you sure uh also <laughs> kurt connors becomes the lizard they fight at a high school then uh gwen stacy's dad captain stacy dies helping spider-man who he formerly hated but now likes but then figures out that that's peter the guy dating his daughter and as he's dying, takes a moment to go, hey, don't date my daughter because you're going to get her killed. And then he dies. And that's the whole movie. Fast forward to the end of this movie. Yeah, but that, <laughs> that really is the whole movie. It's, it's a very linear. We're redoing the origin story. There's one villain. And the, the arc is that Peter becomes Spider-Man and dates and then breaks up with Gwen Stacy. Gotcha. That's it. This movie <laughs> introduces. It has everything. Yeah, introduces three new villains. Um, it continues the Gwen Stacy storyline. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's doing a lot and not any of it particularly well. Well, let me tell you, when I was on here last, um, you know, I, I watched Spider-Man 3 uh, to prep for the show, you know, to get, get refreshed. We had a good conversation. I'd say a great conversation. Yes. Yeah. I, that's the best conversation I've ever had about Spider-Man 3. And that's high praise because I've had so, <laughs> so many of them. Um, and I'll tell you what, the premise of this show completely came true because I walked away from that going, you know what? I think I love that movie. Perfect trilogy as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. No, I would I agree. watched it again last night. Oh, wow. 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 I yes, can't say it was that, my but go I, to sleep movie. I can't say that, but I will say that, yes, I, I think through our conversation, I also the things that I thought I didn't like about that movie and I hadn't revisited in a long time. I ended up loving it. Like, I really love, uh, you know, emo Peter Parker. Uh, it it's kind of a mess, but it's a lot better than. My it's memory an exquisite of it. corpse is what that movie is. That's yes, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And it's it kind of it all ties in to this movie for me. Uh, we should get into it because it sounds like to you this the movie was exciting. These are air quotes for those at home. Uh, I don't even know. For, it's just a lot is happening. That's a the, lot is happening. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's bloated. Yes. So for me, um, <sighs> Spider-Man 3 makes a lot of mistakes yes. and at times is a good movie and at times is a bad movie, but it's never a boring movie. Yes. And this one, there are just such long, long, long stretches. I didn't do any research in the behind the scenes. Did they do a lot of improv on this? Cause it feels very improv in places with, uh, with Peter and Gwen. I noticed, but that tracks hundred percent. Right? I mean, yeah, I would believe it. I, yeah, I also don't have that answer, but sure. Yes, I hope. This, this movie did not feel tightly scripted. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, not way, shape, or form. 30 uh, minutes into the movie, it hadn't started yet. Yeah. It's crazy how long it takes for the movie to start. I, I paused it and went, what is this about? And it, it was 33 minutes in. I had that when I started it and I saw that it was a 
two hour and 20 minute runtime that I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> well, and that's the crazy thing is that. The first villain who usually gets introduced in the proverbial first reel of a superhero movie doesn't show up until about 30 minutes in, even as the first appearance of Max Dillon before he electrifies. Yeah. Like, that's a long time in. And then. And then Harry. The second villain doesn't show up until the last reel. Yeah. At all. Which, to be clear, shows up at a point that the movie feels like it's over. Like, you feel like credits are about to roll and then the, you know, like Harry shows up as the goblin and it's it's almost jarring. Like, because you seriously could just edit this movie to have credits roll because they've defeated the villain of the film and it feels like it's over. And then another 20 minutes happen. Yeah, it's really it. The the pacing, I think, is the the biggest transgressor in this. Right. Yeah. Well, there's also there's these bookends of Rhino that are not connected to anything else except that they're the beginning and end of the movie. Except I, Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamattiing it to fullest degree. Yeah. Okay, let's, on both ends. Yeah. All right, Drew McIntyre, you started this. We're gonna <laughs> get into it. So let's talk Paul Giamatti because he's in a different movie than everyone else here. He's but in a, is he in the correct movie? What's I mean, I loved him in this. So yes. I, I loved him doing the moose and squirrel Russian accent. <laughs> I am a rival. I will kill you all. I think he's oh, a dude's name Boris. Maybe I can't. Boris Badenov yeah. is, yeah. the, is the villain from Rocky and Bowling. But yeah, he's in a. I don't know if he's in a great movie, but he's in a better movie. So there's a thing. There's a. There's a. There's sort of a a grand tradition of there being a villain in a superhero movie who's not in the same movie as everybody else. Yeah. I think of uh, Mark Strong in Green Lantern, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like he was in a totally separate movie and that movie was great. Well, hey, <laughs> the movie that he was in. Save it for when we have you back for when we do Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> and let the record again. show he's volunteered again. <laughs> I'm all in. Let's do it. Uh, but <laughs> but then oh, I'm sorry to yeah. to tie it off. There's another character in this. I don't know his name. He's Mad Scientist, right? Oh, Did he's you remember in, the guy. He might be in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, you're talking about just the guy who works for Oscorp. That's like evil. Yes, at yeah. the Ravencroft. Yeah. He is in a Joel Schumacher Batman movie. Yes, like almost exactly like the the the. What's Lex Luthor's dad who played the scientist? I know, I, uh, Jonathan and, Glover. Yeah, yes, Jonathan, Jonathan Glover. Glover. He's Jonathan Glover. And they're, they're in a, he and Paul Giamatti are in a totally different reality. And I think I enjoy it comparatively, but I'm very traumatized also. Also, who I guess Oscorp made the suit for Paul Giamatti at the end. <laughs> I, I don't know where that came from. Well, because there are like various scenes where they're walking around and they're showing like all the different animal themed Spider-Man villains. Yeah. And they sort of like loosely made electro animal themed because he got his powers from electric eels. Sure. I, I don't. And know they do show the this. rhino suit in the background at Oscorp at one point. OK, they do. And the vulture wings and the octopus arms. Uh, I don't know the writer of this, but uh, I, I know that they patted themselves on the back when they're like eels. I got it. I know how to do it. I know <laughs> All how right, to take do the it. day, everybody. We got it. <laughs> Early lunch. Let's go. I'm lying. I know who wrote this. And. <laughs> It, it's the same writer. We won't, we won't, we'll let the names go anonymous. Same writer of uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. 
And you'll notice in all these movies, someone's dying. But don't worry, there's magic blood. And if we get a hold of this magic blood, they will be revived. It's sort of a running theme. I have a, a character that I write in. Was it a char- it's a character, but forget that. I have a joke that I write into every script I ever have written, thinking one of these days, one of them's going to get made and the joke will be there, but it never gets made. So I put it into another thing. I put it into another thing. It carries over. I think the magic blood was this guy's joke, <laughs> but unfortunately, both movies got made. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that that definitely tracks. Um, magic blood, you know, saves everybody. It's also, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm questioning the logic. I'm sorry. I know this, the, I'm sure there was a lot of research done, but Spider-Man's blood makes you Green Goblin, apparently? I don't, I'm, I'd really love If you love have to, this weird Osborne disease. Yeah, I, I want to see those dots connected. Also, Chris Cooper showing up for one scene as Norman Osborn was very jarring. And I did also not remember that movie. Yes. Cause man, Chris Cooper rules and yeah. crushes it as like, man, he might be the best at playing disappointed dad in all oh. of, all of cinema dumb. Like he's in, right. he's on the short list. Yeah. Um, yeah sure. you know, whether it's, uh, playing, uh, the Colonel in American beauty or any number of movies, like just does a great job at playing, just disappointed dad and on his deathbed with weird lizard claws is um you know i always joke that i wanted to go out like terminator in t2 just like getting lowered in a pit of molten steel giving a thumbs up but now i think i want it on a a quiet deathbed with lizard claws berating my son for not living up to my standards i think that's that's the that's the that's the dream jonathan how do you how do you want to die I just <laughs> we're pivoting. This is a new show that we're doing. <laughs> uh, I used to think um, on the edge of a cliff uh, being run over by topless women. But now now I want to be riding the bomb. Nice. That's good. Both are good choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Maybe a topless could, bomb. I, I was know. like, yeah, I think they could work together. Like if they knocked you off of the cliff at the exact right moment that the bomb was going past. You and land you on land the them. bomb and yeah. whip there crack away down the rest of the cliff. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I'm, if anyone's curious, I'm holding out hope for one of those, uh, like the professional or Logan, like I'm an old grizzled man and I've given <laughs> up, but then there's one, you know, child that I need to get across the border and then I... <sighs> die but it's like just keep going and i'm just lean against like a tree or something and i'm bleeding out but she makes it that's oh, my that's hope. nice that's what i want yeah yeah and then they like spend the rest of the day trying to fashion a j out of a branch but yeah. it's just very difficult <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's not as easy as the x it's yep. not as good yeah. yeah that's what i'm hoping mm-hmm. for so um <laughs> hey uh, i was gonna say just to let you know your hidden talent it may not be hidden I'm just realizing it now is picking the exact right clip that personifies the entire movie. It's so good. I mean, it's I, ungodly good. I appreciate it because I do put a lot of thought into it, but I will also say that this one was a slam dunk because not only is it ridiculous, but he says the name of the movie in the clip. Like, so you gotta, you have to. Yeah. So, Let's talk Max Dillon for a moment. Oh, please. This is a place to start. Yeah. And maybe end. (laughs) (laughs) So 
back to Schumacher, like total shades of Riddler, right? I mean, it is, but also <laughs> it's Riddler, but mixed with a 1980s caricature of a nerd that is about to like go up against the frat. Like he's, he's playing a character that I think like the big bang theory cast would be like, come on, tone it down. <laughs> like he is cartoon the nerd. socks and two yeah. sets of pocket protectors. Yeah. And I know that was a joke on set. They're like, yeah. oh, we should have two. Like yeah. he's that much of a nerd. Yeah. Two pocket protectors, glasses. He's got a comb over. Yeah. yeah, and he's the nerdiest nerd who has ever nerded. nerded. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Played by notorious nerd Jamie Foxx. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <All> right. <laughs> Sidebar. <laughs> the worst thing that ever happened to Jamie Foxx was winning that Oscar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you might it, be right about that. That was a speed bump. That messed him up. Yeah, that messed him up. Yeah, I think his barometer was all off, all off after that. I, I think it surprised him as much as anyone else. And he's like, it was it was like when uh, Tracy Jordan <laughs> back of 30 Rock. But that was an Oscar and then was like, oh, no, I have to make serious movies now. And then like veered off course to do a cash grab movie and made this. And he's like, weirdly. The human version of him is kind of the worst part of the movie, but the CG version of him is sort of the best. Yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah. I also, by the way, side note, I would love to track the, all the actors whose careers were ruined by winning an Academy Award because Al Pacino's on that list too, to be clear. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like I think that list is bigger than you would think. Uh, he, told, he went full Yosemite Sam after winning Percent well, of a he's Woman. One of the greatest 1970s <laughs> actors, if not the greatest actor in Easily, the 1970s yeah. and he won academy award for shouting and never stopped but never stopped they like when i yell so it's that's what broke I'm, yeah uh anyway uh yeah His i teeth I, the gap closed up yeah because of the electric eels well magnets you know <laughs> is that it can we also i love the idea that so he's a nerd he's a mm -hmm. nerd who built the electric grid, he says, that mm -hmm. that is powering all of New York, apparently. And yet <laughs> the reason he gets these powers is because he asks another guy to turn off the power. That guy <laughs> says, I'm going home. And he just does it anyway without shutting the power off himself. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Go on. What's your what's your question? Oh, and also <laughs> also there's a Rube Goldberg tank of eels below him. For some reason. Okay, see, that's set up. <laughs> because it's Oscorp and they have an animal fetish. Like everything's run on animal research. Yeah, like there was the random computer mainframe that was full of spiders. See? It's that set up. I you gotta let that go. I do love that Harry Osborne is the only person to connect the dots of you know what? I think Spider-Man might have gotten bitten by one of our spiders. <laughs> remember how we were making spiders to bite people and give them powers and he has those powers of a spider i'm gonna go out on a limb <laughs> now bear with me take me to go on this journey uh that's right up there with peter parker's crazy conspiracy theorist string chart that reveals nothing oh it's so good yeah, I would. It doesn't reveal what you think. It just thinks it reveals. I love it. Like, Wait, so Richard and Mary Parker are my parents? 
I do like that Aunt May is alarmed by it because she should be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I also love that that Max Dillon also has his own wall of like clippings about Spider-Man, too. They both have these obsessive, you know, like uh, you know, what I shrines? I don't even know what yeah. they are. Yeah. Spidey was nice to him that one time. Mm-hmm. And now he's obsessed with him. But I couldn't get the, I couldn't tune into the turn. What was the turn? Why yeah, did he hate well, him? Suddenly? So so the turn is that when he so, OK, so he he falls in the tank of eels. He gets the powers. He mm-hmm. at first is just stumbling around because yeah. it's jarring and he's drawn to the electricity of like downtown Times Square, you know, like yeah. Times Square. He's going to go there and all the cops in New York surround him and immediately start firing at him. And Spider-Man shows the most realistic part of the movie. Yes. And and so Spider-Man shows up and tries to talk him down. And then he's he gets excited at first because he's oh Spider-Man, my friend, you know, is here. And Spider-Man's trying to talk him down. And what's weird that that I don't think quite tracks is that he in the scene that we played at the the beginning, it's clear that he understands that people don't like Spider-Man and that the cops often don't like him. And he's not working directly with them. But in this scene, he decides that it's Spider-Man's fault, that, that Spider-Man's right. working with the cops and that he's in on this plan well, and it's and a setup. to take it a step further into stupidity, um, he's like, don't you remember me? We're friends. And Spider-Man is like, oh, yeah, the blueprint guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're my eyes and ears. Mm-hmm. Totally remembering him. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then... He's like, well, what's my name? He's like, he doesn't even mince words. He's like, honestly, I'm sorry. I don't remember. But I remember that you're my guy. You and, look that's what, and that's what turns him into a villain. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Yep. Yeah, you're like, right. Peter Parker does not try to Costanza his way out of it. <laughs> um, or anything. Mulva. He, fla- <laughs> um, he, he flat out says he's like, I'm sorry. I've I meet a lot of people. I've forgotten your name but I remember you as a person. I would be, I would be impressed if an essential stranger remembered a key detail about me, even with forgetting my name, that would count in my book. Well, also because the only thing he gives Spider-Man to go on is you saved me in the street when I was going to get hit by a car. And it's like, Spider-Man never does that. I was going to say like, that's his entire CV. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, the amount of people that he has probably saved the exact same way. The fact that he's able to pull the blueprints thing is actually yeah. impressive. Uh, the that scene in Times Square has probably the most glaring mistake to me, like like a misstep, I should say, on the on the filmmakers parts, which is uh, I know you felt it, too. Like there's the moment he uh, Max is there. He's in Times Square. He's looking around. He's seeing himself. He's feeling scene he's feeling threatened there's all these emotions going on he's growing in power it should be threatening sounding and they're playing the max dylan theme over it and it's that it, it's a very lex luther a very wah, 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 you know it's yeah. like very and it takes you so out of the scene the score in this movie is not good it's not it's, it's nuts 
Yeah. And I, it, it's to the point too of like at the very end, uh, when they're battling at the power plant, I thought it was cool at first, the sound of like, you know, the fact that each of the, but then I realized that there was just doing the itsy bitsy spider. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. come on. Like this would have been cool. Said, I hate that song. So it's okay. Yeah. But if like, yeah. if his theme, I'm with you that like, so he's now a new character. He's becoming Electro. Uh, if they did some kind of theme that had that sound to it, that like reverberating, like electricity sound, because I thought that was a cool idea that like Doctor yeah. Who music well, like made that, from that electricity. Vandergraaf generator. Yeah. Uh, a previous movie that we watched this year during Nick Cage month, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, also featured a Vandergraaf generator music bit. Um, I did think it was weird that just in general with the score, that whenever Electro Electrode, um, <laughs> that it all of a sudden became diegetic music dubstep remix of whatever the score actually was. With also some weird talking in it that I'm convinced was Jamie Foxx. <laughs> I yeah. think, I can't prove it. Someone, we need a research department, but I am 90% sure that he was like, what if I add just some lyrics to the tracks? You think that'd be all right? And so they you, let him do it. They're like, you have a Grammy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I want someone to like, slow it down and just pull the, the lyrics out so you can hear if it's like, she gave me money. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I try to take notes for these movies for you guys, just to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm keeping, keeping up to keeping up with you guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my first note of the, the movie uh, when it started, you know, when the Sony, logo was up and it was like I was like oh very sciencey oh this is like a science fiction movie they're leaning into the science this is great music good and then the next scene <laughs> was Spidey's theme which I remember hating in the theater because it sounded like something from the Olympics like um, and I <laughs> crossed it out and wrote music bad and it never changed for the whole movie that I really, I'm not even a person who notices score. That's how jarring the score is. It's really subpar. Yeah. I also just, as an aside, I think the Raimi movies did a really good job of like throwing in the 1960s Spider-Man theme somewhere. The sure. ringtone of the cell phone that he pulls out of his pocket in this movie was not charming to me. No. That, that, was, a, that was a womp womp moment. You know what's hilarious? everyone's kind of tiptoeing around this theme and like, we want to work it in, but don't be too obvious. And then Marvel was like, no, that's the Spider-Man yeah. theme. We're just using it. Well, that's, it's such a funny thing that like, yeah, a, a the, the way they try to re, they, you know, they redo these movies over and over again. I think if we all just made a decision that look, the 1970s Superman, that's Superman's theme, the eighties Batman, that's Batman's theme. This is Spider-Man's theme. If we just accepted that and just w- every reboot, it's just like you can play like, it with James Bond always has the same theme, no matter yeah. who the actor is. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, yeah they write a new theme works. song, but it's still da 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 da. It actually got yep. I, I like it better now, too. Like it's more there's more instrumentation in it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's bigger. But yeah, no, I agree. Definitely do that. Yeah, sometimes it has the brassy horn, like the real brassy horn sound. Other times it's a little bit more funky. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, but it's still the same theme. By the I'm way, so I'm glad you brought up James Bond because oh. it's the perfect segue. Is Andrew Garfield the George Lazenby of Spider-Man actors? <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> 
The only reason I'll say no is because I think that uh, George Lazenby is an underrated James Bond. <laughs> um, I would, I would. Um, Timothy Dalton. I love T. Dalton. First of all, I'm, I'm his lone praiser. I think well, we can need I, to have a James Bond discussion yeah. because you seem to have a very Andy, intriguing ranking, sir. Andy is deep in James Bond, but if I can switch to another franchise, the, the best I can equate it to actually is Doctor Who. If we can go back for a minute, because. Sure. I always felt like when Eccleston got cast in the reboot that he was like, look, I'll be the doctor. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But like, I always felt like when he got cast as the doctor that he was like, I'll do this, but I'm not going to be a nerd about it. So like, I'm going to put on a leather jacket and I'm going to be cool. And I'm not like, look, I'm not like your grandfather's doctor. Like I'm a cool new doctor and I I date Billy Piper and whatever. And it's like, that's the vibe I get from Andrew Garfield. Like, look, I'll be Spider-Man but I'm not being a nerd. Like I'm not, not going to be this be uncool. Cool shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if Absolutely. I was just Peter Parker, you know, he's just a handsome guy that picks up ladies really easily. That's his thing, right? Yeah. This is a very bro Parker. Yeah. Really I'm, not, I'm, I'm not feeling it. It, it. It's, it feels wrong to me. Like what? I don't mind his Spider-Man, but his Peter is all off. His Peter's me. way off. Yeah. yeah Can it, we just put that on a shirt? <laughs> I don't mind his Spider-Man, but his Peter's way off to me. Yeah, please. You, I mean, you're the design guy. So if you throw that up in your shop, I mean, you've sold at least two shirts to me and Andy. So. Yeah, uh, uh, I, 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 I've already decided to buy one. Uh, if we can if we can guarantee it by Christmas delivery, that would be even better. Yeah. How, how do we do this collab? Can we get you to make that shirt? Like, just, I don't even want money from it. I just want that shirt to exist. Just want the shirt. <laughs> Uh, But no, to your point, too, because I wrote this down in my notes, Peter Parker, who his whole thing is that he's a genius, can't figure out this thing where his web shooters keep getting electrocuted. So he watches YouTube videos and he electrocutes himself a bunch of times and ultimately asks his girlfriend and she fixes it, which is, I think, just endemic of the fact that he's not enough of a nerd in these movies. Well, yeah, he was only the salutatorian of (laughs) anonymous New York City high school. That's why he's number two. Yeah. Um, In the Peter Parker dot 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 genius question mark file. Do you remember the bit where Gwen was about to go (laughs) interview for the the job? And he can't pick up the cues that she's in the lobby? it's worse than that. That's 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 not being able to like read a room, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're they're talking. She can't get away to save her life, and then she's like, "This is my interview for Oxford." He's like, "Oh, oh, Oxford! I, I didn't realize." And at that moment, it's got to be a joke. They cut to a wide, and there's no less than three signs <laughs> in the hallway that say Oxford <laughs> on top of his line of, "Oh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't realize this was Oxford." I, I don't. I th- is it a joke? I, Maybe I don't know, but if it's a joke, it's a joke at, at, at Peter's expense. Which is the only way. I mean, I think if they leaned into it, it would have been better because he really is just completely oblivious in that scene. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's it's not good. Uh, any of it. I like. I said I don't like. It's it's funny because I really like Emma Stone, uh, which I'm yeah. sure we'll get to when we pivot. But like. I I don't like their relationship and I don't like how creepy he is. And like, it comes up a number of times that he's basically just like following her around. 
But then he also, yeah, like this is really big in her life. And he doesn't even remember that that's what she's doing and doesn't like, I don't know. It's uh, it makes him not likable that like this is really important to her, you know, and Ooh. you're just like, oh, whatever. Like. I was actually going to ask if you guys were were feeling the relationship. Well, it's funny because the one thing I, we didn't talk about this last week, but the or when we did Spider-Man three, I think. But like the funny, weird trivia is that every Peter Parker has dated the love interest in real life. Uh, so Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone dated um, it, like so I think they have chemistry, but I don't like the way the relationship is written at all. Well, and it's just like. It just sends a disgusting message to y- young incels out there that. Chicks really dig it when you stalk them real creepy. Honestly, <laughs> you could you could read this movie as a pro incel movie between him and Jamie Foxx, like the way that both of them are presented of like, because the entire arc for Electro is nobody pays attention to me. Nobody likes me. So I'm going to become a supervillain. Like, you know, that's yeah. pretty incel. Like, that's, you could argue that also Dane DeHaan's Goblin is in the same camp. Yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah. when they tried to make him a thing? It was yeah. th- that year that the that was the year Spider-Man that they tried to make Dame DeHaan a thing. After yeah. uh, what was yeah. that sci-fi movie he was in? Was it Chronicle? I want to say it was something well, like Chronicle that. Chronicle was like yeah. what put him on the map, and then there was, was that. Uh, one. No, there was like Valerian in the That's city it. of a thousand planets. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, which I didn't see. Which I'm assuming will show up on the pod at some point. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, Does that even have a high enough profile to be maligned, or is it just gone? Yeah, I think it's been forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and that's luke basson too which is even more disappointing but um but yeah like i don't know should we talk about mr dahan in this movie we should cover him and we should cover peter's parents also yeah and how do, and we have to talk about gwen's death there's too much stuff happening in this movie so we need to talk about all of those things before we pivot so we gotta just like spider-man 3 there are no less than four plot lines going on, and yeah. this movie is interested in none of them. Yeah, and it doesn't is... care about a single no. plot. It yeah. just really t- they happen, and well, then they move on. Well, and that's a fun. So let's, I don't know, Harry first, I guess. Let's so, do Harry. Yeah, so first of all, that is the thing that the Raimi trilogy did beautifully, is like, Harry was always there. That friendship was central. Like, Harry, Peter, and MJ were, you know, like the tripod of those three movies. Like, they... <laughs> They always were like in a love triangle. They were friends. They all of that. Like it worked really well. This movie tries to rush Harry, who was not existent, not even like off camera mentioned in the last movie, even though Oscorp was mentioned. But then they try to do like a really lazy scene to be like, look, they're friends. And then. Yeah, this felt this felt like um, the level of retconning that shows up in the fast saga. Where they're like, no, this is an important person from your past. Remember? Oh yeah, Jim. Honestly, they should have just shown a it clip. Works and fast. They should have done a clip of the Raimi Spider-Man and be like, remember their friends. <laughs> oh, I would have been down for that. <laughs> <laughs> or even just a sound clip, like when yeah. they're thinking and they remember it's an echo, but it's not their voices. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so they have like the one scene where Harry kind of like busts his chops or whatever, and then. He's like, I'm dying. Uh, my dad just died. I'm dying. Can you get me Spider-Man's blood? Because you take his photos. Uh, hey, explain that disease. Because it took, what, 60 years to kill Chris Cooper? 
Yeah, apparently, and oh, and but Chris Cooper's just made of sturdier stock than Dane DeHaan. <laughs> apparently, well, also, I think you Chris could read Cooper it. Still has a career. I also feel like you could read it. <laughs> Zing. I feel like you could decide if you wanted to that he didn't have the disease until Chris Cooper pulled him into that room and infected him. <laughs> there was yes, watching watching that scene in these times feels very different it's yeah. like, put on a mask harry yeah he might have been totally fine and then his dad breathed in his face without a mask and then yeah he got... well and it's just also it's like i have this very rare disease osborne syndrome <laughs> essentially <laughs> mcgregor you might syndrome. have it too <laughs> same thing alfred died from. yeah We're oh, almost <laughs> no that was mcgregor's mcgregor disease. yes <laughs> um but yeah it's uh and then yeah, Harry's version is far more uh, virulent, I guess. Fast acting. But then he yeah. gets the spider blood, and not only does it give him spiky hair, it turns him into a garbage pail kid. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, damn you, that. that's yep. funny. You're funny. Yep. No, that was good. <laughs> um, okay. I'll, I'll, I, I'll, I'll have to give them credit for trying, because they devoted a whole scene to it. And there's no there's no notion they won't devote a scene to in this movie. Um, so the 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 junk, the spider serum will definitely 100 percent turn you into a goblin unless you're Peter, because it's got his dad's DNA in it. Is that right? The, the DNA so matched or something? You tried know. you tried harder than I did. Uh, thank to, you. Thank you. You tried harder yeah. than Mark Webb at all. Yeah, I. <laughs> I just assumed that it was all because the plot dictated it. That's yeah. why it worked that way. Yeah, it's yeah. not even like... It yeah. was because reasons. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, there's the, the fact that like he's he gets mad at Peter and he has this whole thing. Also, that scene with him and Spider-Man having a conversation is so weird. Where they're just, just talking. talking. Where Spider-Man just shows up at his... He's like, well, I'd like to help you. And he's like... Give me your blood. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> but it's also just like the whole thing feels so bizarre because they're both like really casual. They're like sitting and chatting. And it's just like it feels so weird to just watch Spider-Man just like lounging and being like, I want to help you, buddy, but I can't. But yeah, so all of that, like, and then he has blood that he uses. Yeah, he's like, I'd love to help you, but listen, bud, I've got radioactive blood. Yeah, yeah. I almost did that earlier <laughs> and I stopped and I went, no, bad, not on this show. <laughs> well, I thank, stand by it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, then he has blood. He didn't need Spider-Man's blood because he had whatever blood he ends up using. Well, he didn't know that. Black Cat had to tell him. Right. Yeah. Is that, I didn't even connect that that's, wow. Yeah, that's, it's uh, you, Felicity you Jones playing named- Felicia Hardy. You can't have a Felicia in a Spider-Man movie. I think there was so it. much happening that it didn't even connect that that's who that character was because and, so that's another villain. So that's yeah, a and fourth Felicity villain. Jones, I think, would do excellent as Black Cat should that have been played out. In a and also another in animal theme. So, you know, yeah. Oscorp can can pull it off. Yeah, right. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's totally original to have a uh, mass superhero who needs to hide his identity to save those around him uh, be in love with a cat themed villain. Yeah, man. That, 
What a what an idea! I'm so, I'm amazed that hadn't been done before. <laughs> it's shocking. It's like Thanos. Like, what if there was just this godlike, really powerful character that bent you know, on destroying the universe? Yeah, bent on destroying the universe. Like, yeah, these are original Marvel ideas. <laughs> <laughs> what if there was like this mercenary villain that wore a really cool mask and had like the word like death or like dead in his name? Yeah, yeah, that interesting. Had like a sword. That's good. That'd be crazy. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Can he be like a something Wilson? Like a. Like oh, a, yeah, yeah. A, a, a slay. I don't know. Something you guys will come up with. <laughs> Jade Wilson. That's it. Yes. It's so bad, too, that like I started watching that show Doom Patrol and then I was like reading about Doom Patrol and I was good? like, oh, this was good. before the X-Men. So it's about a professor who gives a bunch of people powers and they all live together at his estate. And it's a DC Comics property that predates the X-Men. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love Stan Lee, but that guy. <laughs> he had light listen, fingers. It, listen, it's okay. It's true. It's true. But. New Kids on the Block, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a boy DC band. Comics did it first. Yeah. Right. Sure. Right. But eventually. <laughs> Other boy bands came along and perfected the formula. Yeah. So you can't hold it against them. Oh, I'm not even, I'm just noting it. I don't even have a strong opinion about it. I don't think there's any value judgment assigned to any of these, just yeah. that they exist. Yeah, I just, that like, it's easy to be prolific with creating characters when they all have pre-existing characters to base them on. It's a really good point. Uh, I will really say Spider-Man point. is probably his greatest, most original idea i think i would say like that and hulk are probably his two best things and those are original also Mm -hmm. just we have so much to cover before we pivot which we need to do but i do i feel like we need to note how lazy and not good the stan lee cameo is in this movie i know him oh yeah yeah he's just at the graduation which is i think at the graduation is a good impulse but then nothing with it he's the only other close-up besides aunt may the families yeah yeah it's interesting because um the the cameo in the previous movie in the library is one of my favorites of it's all great. of them yeah it, mm-hmm. that one's great yeah this one just it's right up there with him reading mall rats and uh captain marvel no don't <laughs> don't give me i have so many questions who is he playing in mall rats is he playing stan lee the guy who created all these people that exist in this world breaker. I really want to read that <laughs> script for mall rats. Cause <laughs> I have questions, uh, but yeah. Okay. So we, we did Harry. Yeah. Are we good on that one? Do you, yeah. I know yeah, Jonathan, Harry, you, good. you well, also wanted to, to talk just to oh. drive it home. Uh, <laughs> the goblin looks dumb. Yeah. It's bad and rushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes no sense. Yep. Okay. So all of that, um, I do like that at the end, it's just like, oh, I'm better now sometimes, but also not. So I yeah. I can look normal for this scene, but not the scenes where I'm anyway. Okay. But I might look like a garbage pail kid again. Yeah. But you brought up the parents. I know you want to talk about the, the parents. What a weird way to open a Spider-Man movie with like a 20 minute. I know it wasn't 20, but it felt like 20. It was 74 minutes of the run. It was 74 minutes. You're right. 74 minutes mm-hmm. of, of just this, this prelogue with this the parents. spy movie. Yeah. And that's the problem with it. Like, in other hands, I could see sitting through it. Like, if the action was amazing, you know, they'd be like, okay, there's a reason that we're watching this. But, man, someone needs to 
take some scissors to that, like go into trim mode, like really bring oh, it down. You could have done crazy how long it is. Yeah, you could have done that in like three minutes. They get on yeah. a plane, laptop uploading, guy with gun, fight, upload complete, plane crashes. That's three yeah. minutes. I, it does Absolutely. not need to be as long as it you was. You could have just done scrolling text word for word what you just said. And mm. what's the payoff? A secret God. underground train from a trap door. <laughs> yeah, from, from one of the Turtles movies. <laughs> secret D-train lab. They, yeah. So... But but keep going. So, okay, so what's the payoff of that? So he gets there and he finds out what. And then that thing leads to what, leads to what, leads to what. Emotionally, it was a thing where they said, okay, well, he got to see his dad say that he was important to him. That's fine. Uh, but you set up oh. that conflict specifically to be paid off. Like it, it wasn't like a lingering Peter Parker question mark from another time. Man, you have to applaud this film's commitment to characters filming, looking directly into the camera videos for Peter to watch after they died. They really, so really just, you know, because I, I don't know if we have more to say about the parents, but I, like I said, I want to talk about Gwen Stacy's death. But that valedictorian speech that she might as well just be like, look, Spider-Man, I know you're going to get sad when I die, but mm -hmm. but you need to be Spider-Man. You know, normal valedictorian speech. And oh, everyone's just like awkwardly applauding. <laughs> <laughs> all my speeches that I ever am asked to give from now on are all going to be written specifically to be like double entendres for someone else to have hope <laughs> it was also the video was so weird because the one with his dad makes sense because he's talking to peter but the valedictorian speech was filmed three inches from her face what was that camera how did that camera film her where hey, was they, it they do excellent <laughs> cut to telephoto lenses now cut to the quote now from the movie now right now of peter going like i was far away i shot with a long lens i don't know <laughs> yeah I don't know Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It's also still oh, so... I was did you hear all the times he lost his accent? Yes. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, his voice is all over the place. They should have gone to England. It would have been great. <laughs> fit right like, wow, I've picked up this accent so quickly. <laughs> Maybe that's why he was really trying hard to be like, Oxford? What? Oxford? I, I've Oxford. never heard of it. <laughs> but yeah. It sounds so like a farm. <laughs> Oh, uh, God. So just just, I guess, closing the loop on the parents, um, they devoted so much screen time to them and to that suitcase, that damn briefcase over and over so much. But the payoff, I don't even know why they did it other than to say uh, like they acted like it was a big reveal when he was like, my DNA was in that spider. And we were like, go on. He's like, no, no, that was it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that was the big thing. Uh, like lift it out, just snip it up, cut it out. No one cares about Peter's parents. No one ever has. That was a thing in the comics in like the the nineties, maybe in the the Ultimates line. Nobody cares. Yeah, I remember buying that issue in the nineties of when Peter Parker's parents supposedly came back. Right, it was like it was like spies or something that were like posing as yes. their parents. And you're like, I remember buying those comics. Why is this happening? <laughs> I was like, wow, Peter has parents that I don't care about and mm -hmm. didn't miss. Oh, they even it's oh man, I wish I could remember the clip. It's it's from this movie, and it's so shoehorned in. It's when um I feel like Peter accomplished something. I guess it was the graduation. He's talking to May, and she's like, ah, I wish your uncle were here. 
He goes, and my parents. <laughs> and she's like, fuck them. Also, it's so tacked on. Richard Parker can eat, can kick rocks. <laughs> also, like, can we talk about how terrible Aunt May is as a character just for five seconds? Because we got to so pivot. Bad. But like, I hate this Aunt May. She's terrible. She's just a wet blanket. She has nothing to play. She is like Rosemary Harris is so perfect as Aunt May. And to come off of that with just like, what if Aunt May was just terrible all the time? And just yeah, like, but does Rosemary Harris do your laundry no matter what? No, she makes you do it yourself because she because she holds you accountable. Yeah, look, because you can be replaced with that adorable child next door who's going to ask you if Spider-Man's coming back. She doesn't need you. She just needs mm. that toaster from the bank that Joel McHale won't give her. Joel McHale. Uh, but yeah, the, I just have to say that. that it, and that's no reflection on the fantastic actor that they paid money to play Aunt May in this. It's just no. not a good character. No, she's great. Fair, in fact, yeah. uh, like all the actors in this movie are general. They're always good, usually. Right. Yeah. And Dane DeHaan. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But we've really we've got we've got we to gotta pivot. Jonathan, um, when you come on this show, it goes way too long. Like, we're <laughs> but but no. All right. But five seconds on Gwen Stacy's death, because uh, oh, yeah. it's so jarring that they do it like that. It, it again, if you want to talk about different movies like it, it, this movie is so campy and weird and scattered that the fact that they kill her in a super upsetting way that is a nod to how she dies in the comics. But like, yeah. it's so out of place in this movie. How? dark that moment is yeah that, it's that totally last crazy that last goblin fight is from a different much darker movie yeah well and again it, when this movie feels over like i said it feels like you could roll the credits then goblin shows up they fight and yeah she just out of nowhere just is dropped and her neck snaps and she dies well and because her, her head just crashes into oh, the ground yeah, she's like so close to it it's super it is, graphic just yeah. oh it is yikes yeah it's, so we, we've pivoted yes well i was saying we were about to pivot to silver linings i is just that, wanted to uh, yeah i couldn't tell if that was that's not a silver lining <laughs> you're like i hate gwen stacy i love that she died in the comics silver lining well, <laughs> well that's plot though so for me that last bit was a very cool moment. Like I like that. It's very well shot. Well, I, that fight in the the clock tower is better than ninety percent of the the rest of the movie. It's yeah. so well choreographed. Well, when he's like between those gears, he's holding her down. He's got a yeah. foot up. It's so good. And oh. and and I think that the way the death is shot is really good too. So I didn't know if you were referring to that. Well, <laughs> or if you're like tonally, that's not movie, which I yeah, agree. Very I, well done. You know what? I it think this is a perfect. Movie. Yeah, I it's, think it's perfect yeah. that you're right as the transition. And I will say that that yeah, it's as a, a standalone scene. I think it is. It it really works. And I kind of wish that this this feels like the movie that we should have gotten because the last film, like I said, ends with Dennis Leary being like, "Look, I I'm dying. People around you die. Don't date my daughter because she's gonna die." And then he kind of basically they there's a little hint that they're going to date at the very end before the credits roll. And then they date in this movie. I think if the whole arc of this movie was about because Gwen Stacy even kind of says it like, well, it's my choice to date you like it, I'm aware of the risk and I'm accepting it. I think if that was the whole story and maybe he was pushing her to go to Oxford to get away from him and she wanted to stay, I think you could build an entire plot for this movie around her death that would have really been 
a far better movie than the one we got. Yep. Yep. Who who does the edits that you, you talked about last time we were together? Uh, someone goes through and cuts movies up and makes better versions. Oh, oh Topher Grace. Yeah, Topher. So he needs to get to work on this movie because I think just the Harry, Gwen, Peter thread itself might lead up to like it'd be it's like a weird slow quirky indie movie and then suddenly they're heroes yeah and and it's got a very dark ending and i think that'd be a really cool little piece i don't mind that yeah if you could somehow make it seem like harry knocked to the power out to new york and then they have to reset it you just cut electro out of it yeah we don't need electro (laughs) yeah you can go you really don't he is incidental to this movie yeah all right but we've pivoted we're in the silver lining um right uh, the first thing I messaged Joel when I started watching this movie uh, was that uh, aesthetically, the actors that play both Richard and Mary Parker, uh, Campbell Scott and M. Beth Davis, both look very much like they could be Andrew Garfield's parents. And the kid who plays young Peter Parker looks like he could grow up to be Andrew Garfield. And that almost never happened. So that was that was cool. Yeah. It's and and he could also Peter's dad also weirdly looks like he could be Tobey Maguire's dad. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, you know, this comes out, you know, a while after No Way Home, but what a shocker that that was revealed that Campbell Scott fathered them all. Yeah, that <laughs> they were the triplets. They were <laughs> and sent to different dimensions because yeah. of his his experiments with uh, Chris Cooper. Yeah. I love that they and, got Cooper back for yeah. for No Way Home, and then he has the scene with uh, with Willem Dafoe, and it's just gold. Yeah, no, it really is. Like you, you don't think that Chris Cooper can go as campy, but then you forget that he was Tex Richmond in, right, in, in the Muppets. In the Muppets. <laughs> uh, so no, yeah, that that for sure. Speaking of the aesthetics, too, I remember we talked about last week that the web swinging wasn't fun in Amazing Spider-Man 1 and the movie was too dark. It mm. seems like they got that note because yeah. the opening sequence and a lot of this like the web swinging's way better, like it's there's a lot more daytime scenes in this movie. You yeah. really get to see Spider-Man uh swinging uh, around New York, which is really 90% of what I want in a Spider-Man movie is just yeah, to experience that. I know that. we've pivoted. But <laughs> however, however, if you watch that first scene of him swinging through New York and it's like kind of first person view, but you also like see his like chin and the lower half of his face and stuff. Yeah. Where does that imply the camera is? Go it's, on. The camera is really- Johnson cam. It's, it's, it's a, it, it, it is. Peter? It's a Peter cam. It's the it's Peter vision. <laughs> I, since, since we opened this little pocket universe of like, Post pivot, pre pivot. <laughs> um, this liminal I, space. I do. It's, yes, I do. Really like the swinging in this way more than yes. I remember. Yeah, like, yeah I do. Great. Too. Yeah, but those particular shots, I think I, they look so aesthetically bad to me. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting from this. Yeah. Like maybe if it was facing downward and you could see how far you were from the ground or something, but it's like looking up. There's nothing to see. It's just. I think someone had an idea and they just did it. That said, the swinging was great. Yes. <laughs> I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, and, and a, honestly, the, the, I think this might be this might have some of the best Spider-Man action looking action kind of ever. 
Yeah, I think yeah, you disagree. Just, oh, tell me more. <laughs> I think sometimes that's okay. true. And sometimes that's not true. And it very much depends on the scene. I think the, I guess so. Yeah, the, the stuff the with Harry. With all the electricity. I thought that was amazing looking. Yeah. That like, scene was I, like, I, I liked that. I liked, I, the, I liked the Times Square fight. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, the slow motion. The, how is he going to save those guys? Yeah. I liked the opening action scene with uh, pre-Rhino Giamatti. Um, that scene is great. I love it. It's a good, it. just a good action intro. Hey, remember so, Spider-Man? So it feels Topher, very Spidey. So Topher, if you're listening, don't cut that. Like, make yeah, sure. That <laughs> I mean, Topher is a smart editor. He's not going to cut Giamatti from anything. Yeah. Also, Topher, if you're listening, can you get this under an hour for us? Can you? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you could do an edit of. <laughs> uh, but uh, Emma Stone is still great. Emma Stone is great, and she's so charming, and her character is so underwritten, but she distracts you from that fact by being so Just effortlessly charismatic. I was actually thinking that watching this, that, like, they're kind of, like, they're very lucky to have gotten her at a time when they could get her for this movie, that I feel like her star has risen uh, since then, and that she is probably too good for this movie, at least for Gwen Stacy, who isn't really a person. And mm-hmm. doesn't have strong reactions to things, but like she makes you believe that she loves Peter Parker and she's very good in everything that she does. Yeah. Yeah, 100 percent. She uh, I'm a huge Emma Stone fan. I think I can't think of anything I've not liked her in. I, she's been in movies I've disliked, but mm-hmm. I've always liked her in those movies. We just watched two of those movies that I disliked. Yes. <laughs> um. You know yeah, what? I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do you know what scene I like that we haven't talked about as an isolated moment that I thought was cool with the two of them is when she's trying to escape from the guards and he is trying not yes. to let on that mm-hmm. he is Spider-Man, but he's like sort of Jackie Chan, <laughs> like <laughs> tripping up all through. He spills coffee on the one guy. He trips the other guy and he's doing this very like. Uh, ballet choreography that's really cool to like make it seem like he's just awkward while he's also taking three guards out so she can escape. I loved that. That was a great scene. Yeah. So you may not agree with this, but I really enjoyed the electro effect. Yeah. Like seeing the electricity under the skin. That's very complicated. It looked really cool. I liked I liked how he moved with light that he could sort of appear in different I, places. And I'm not I, talking about the teleporting I'm like, like during the fights, it was kind of, it's like that flash effect almost. I like I, that. I like that. And but I also I, like that his nerves and bones and stuff appear first. And he sort of integrates as he appears. I thought that was all very well done. I agree with all that, but at the same time, I don't like the actual character model, if that makes sense. Like I like sure. all the effects, but then the way that he looks when he's just talking and the way they do his face and everything, like it just yeah. seemed that didn't quite work for me, but I love the electricity. It kind of seems yeah. like, uh, that, uh, uh, no way home, like fixed that. Like they, yeah. they kind of subtly, I love the way they subtly tweaked the designs. I just yeah. love the originality of someone appearing like 
bones and nervous system and musculature first revealing to be a glowing blue that's, superhuman. That's another Marvel thing that they did that DC never did. And I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, totally unique. <laughs> that a guy through some sort of experiment disappears and then that's the way that he's reformed into some kind of blue superhero, like superhuman. Good. Sons of bitches. <laughs> 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 I... I also, did, did it track for you guys how they defeated him? Because I felt like that was some, uh, we pulled this battery over chart. We forgot to build in a way to defeat Electro. So here in the third act, let's say that he's like a battery, I guess. I mean, was, they, I they set it up like in the middle of the movie. Just talking when they're in that montage you hate when he he's trying to figure out how to get you know he's watching YouTube science videos and they're like well the battery's taking in more energy than it expels it'll explode but I'm saying like when he's in Times Square he seems to be getting all of the electricity from New York and he's fine yeah that's true but that wasn't the grid right okay the grid is powered by eels yeah and he built it I guess yeah it's very very powerful did he build yeah, it with the eels. Powerful. Yeah, yeah, I built it with eels. How would you build it? How uh, do you build a grid without eels? You I've never. Me. I've built many a grid in my day, and every time I've used eels. See? Uh, okay, well, I stand mm -hmm. corrected. So I, I apologize. <laughs> um, I wrote oh, no, down pocket universe. Oh, P pocket universe is happening. It's it's. <laughs> what do you got? It's post pivot pre pivot. Uh oh. Uh, so while I do in general like the look of the suit that he had. Why, why do you have little lightning bolts, like Flash-style lightning bolts on his sleeves? That's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> like, so out of touch with how modern everything else was designed in this. Oh, pocket universe aside again. <laughs> Spidey's eyeballs are the best. Yeah. Like, if you can't have the moving iris, like, they looked great. They did. I, yeah, and I do want to say that, because on for the first movie, one of the other things I feel like they corrected is, I didn't like the suit in the first one. It looked too shiny. It didn't look Basketball. as good. It looks way better. Like, I love this suit in this movie. It it looks good. on Like, the eyes look good. Like you said, the actual suit itself. Yeah, I, I love this suit. It's good. It's a good suit. It's the McFarlane suit, right? Like, yeah. Because they have the big eyes and the small webbing on it. Um. I wish they picked another material that well, wasn't that was, so. That was what I talked about in the first movie. Velvety or whatever. Yeah, that's that it, was like the first movie. More than a Spider-Man suit should. I feel like they toned it down from the first movie because it's super shiny in the first well, movie. In, in the first movie, I, I know I keep saying basketball, but like it looks like it's made out of basketball material. Like yeah, it's, it's very yeah. rubbery and yeah. Like the, I don't like the tactileness of it. In in this one, uh, I like the design of it. I like the yes, lines. That's what I was it's saying. Very, yeah. 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 But just whatever fabric they use, like aside from the billowness, billowiness, there's like a reflectivity to it that just feels like an evening gown. I'm, I'm, I'm not down with yeah. that. But uh, I like the look of it. I love how the eyes looked white yes. in the dark. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's a small cool. it's a small note, but I liked when he wore the fireman's hat. Look. Yeah. It's, yes. It's, it's and it feels shot. very spidey. It's it's good, spidey it does thing. feel super yeah. spidey. It yeah. was a good it's a good shot to just you cut to Peter and he's yeah, he's fired in the fire hose and he's got the lid on. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Um another very spidey thing. Um they I really like that they exploited uh it was only in like one shot, I think, but I remembered it from the theater going like that was cool in the beginning. Uh, when he's catching all the chemical things and trying to collect them all, and he grabs one with his, the bottom of his foot, awesome. Yeah, awesome. 
Yeah, I feel like it, I, I kind of that stuck with me, too, because I was like, no other Spider-Man movie has ever acknowledged that. that yeah, he sticks to things. So he could yeah. do that with his foot. No one's ever thought like that was a very creative move. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you like uh, the little puffs of smoke that go off when he fires his webs? I, yeah. I, I don't have a strong opinion. On that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, it's, it, I'm kind of torn because it feels like the kind of thing I would have thought of and went, oh, I've got a great idea. But I don't know if I love it when I see it. Um, and, and Garfield's got like a very, like, I think they took the term web slinger and they're like, he's like a gunslinger. Oh, yeah. So he's always got his hands back like he's holstering something. And yeah. it's a very weird, non-spidey posture. Yeah. Um, you got to do that. Other than that, un- <laughs> yeah. unlike other Spideys, when his webs are going off, they're like little gunshots. They're, <laughs> they're very fast and loud and explosive. And I think that's cool. Not sure. Not I- don't don't not loving the hand at the end of the web. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do like that they went with the mechanical web shooters and showed them be mechanical. I thought that was cool. Well, I I like the, because yeah, I think we've talked about this in other episodes, but like, I don't have a strong opinion. Web shooter being, you know, biology versus being uh, built. But I think if you are going to do the mechanical ones that you should acknowledge the flaws of that. And I like that, that like, because I feel like in a lot of comics, when I remember it, he would like just run out of web fluid or whatever. Yeah. And they, that doesn't seem to come up in the movies. But yeah, like, OK, if they're mechanical, well, then this electricity guy can take them out. Can That's smart. Them, yeah, I do like that. Yeah. I also really enjoyed the look effect wise of when the web shooter, you know, got damaged and the webs was just they were spooling out. Just, yeah. you know, just falling out of it. That was very cool. I hadn't seen that before, dug it. And it makes a lot more sense than because like the Tobey Maguire suit didn't have like little holes for the webbing to come out. You know, so it's just yeah, like, how is right. he how is he shooting this organic webbing? You know, we see the little the part where that's my problem. <laughs> we see the gland show up like and when he's like, you know, not in the suit, but they don't like there's no like little opening or whatever for him to yeah. shoot through. Are we to believe way. this is some sort of magical xylophone? <laughs> <laughs> uh okay uh I, I this is a very small thing look this is this is on the same level as spider-man wearing a fireman hat but i did write down that it just made me like it very much amused me that dennis leary collected a paycheck to show up and scowl at him like four times throughout the movie love it i yeah. like to imagine that Dennis Leary just showed up that day and was in the shot and they're like, ah, we'll make it work. <laughs> he like showed up to like, maybe he built a really strong friendship with Emma Stone and he just showed up to visit and uh, was in the shot and they're like, or had, I would believe all of them. I would believe he had lines and he just refused to say them and just stared. <laughs> but that would imply Dennis Leary refused to talk. And I don't know if that tracks. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I, I liked that, that he kept showing up. I, I almost wish they had made a third one so that after her death, he could have just like they both. It could have been him and Emma Stone just both. Show up and Horse Ghost throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah. What man, what if they just built them up and then like Uncle Ben's there? It's like Star Wars, but it's just ghosts that just show up and stare at Spider-Man. And Peter Parker's scrub. <laughs> they just show up and stare at him, like judging him. <laughs> <laughs> 
he starts dating MJ, and then they're all just like, "Really? Like, come on!" Oh, yes. Emma Stone's just like, "Ugh, a redhead, <laughs> really?" <laughs> Can I have a very pedantic moment to just say that the fact on that this podcast, no, the fact that the line "Face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot" has never made it into any of the a hundred Spider-Man movies that we've gotten. Like, come on, why? Yeah, just that's why? like the best line in the history of comic books. It really is. Yeah. Well, we do get, I break up with you. So <laughs> I break up. Your... <laughs> I break up with you. I break up with you. Okay, Brick Tamlin from Anchorman. <laughs> I do love. I, break up with I, you. I do love. There's actually a uh, a chain of coffee houses in L.A. that are called Go Get 'Em Tiger, which is the closest that we get in the Raimi movies. Is that line? So. Yeah. Wait, is that a real thing? There's a really, there's a bunch of coffee shops called Go Get 'Em Tiger that exist in LA. Like that makes well, me well, happy. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, Face the Tiger, you just hit the jackpot because there were rumors when they were talking about like going right into Spider Man Three that Shailene Woodley was going to play MJ, and they were going to put her in this movie, but then they're like, this movie's already too big. I remember that. Uh, let me ask you guys this, just theoretically. So. The type of character that would say that has like, not been. A, we we have not seen that MJ. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. Too. Like yeah. on a first date, you open the door yeah. and she says that, which is basically saying, "Yes, I'm as hot as you." Oh, yeah, I'm an eleven. Well, that, right. like, yeah. well, now you now like, you're you're tiptoeing into my other thing, which is like I I really like these characters. Like I I've come to really appreciate Kirsten Dunst the way she plays it. I really love Zendaya. Like, and obviously she's playing the sort of tilted version anyway. But like. I would love to see that character, that MJ, that would say that line and you would believe it exists in a movie. See, that, that's what I'm kind of getting to. Um, I don't think that that style of character is in vogue. And I don't know if they ever will be in a movie where you have to have empathy for them. Um, I can see in a Marvel version, an MCU version, where they, they invert it 100%. And you first meet MJ and like a bucket of paint has fallen on her head <laughs> and she's covered in pasta and he opens the door. And she's like, face well, face it, Tiger. Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. <laughs> you know, like I yeah. can see like a self-deprecating version of it. I honestly, I thought Lord and Miller were going to do it and maybe they will in a future Spider-Verse. But like, I think Spider-Verse is the best chance for it to happen. Like when oh, the they'll say it, but it'll be in a universe yeah. where everyone is tigers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it'll be at a slot machine. Yeah, it'll be at. It'll be <laughs> It'll be at the lottery stand. <laughs> you went literal all the way to the end of the sentence. That's 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 top score. All right. Well, I think it, that's a good good note to go out on. I was gonna say yeah. I, I think we did it. Um, so thank you for coming back. We did it. Um, yeah. Well, can, can we'll, I add one PS? Sure. I'm so sorry because this is all your fault. I would never have watched Spider Man three bought spider-man 3 and then watched it again if it weren't for you i wish uh, i could believe that if i believed that i would feel bad but i, I do not take you at your true. word yeah i love the movie i spent i watched a geez 19 minute bully mcguire cut of infinity war on youtube the other day <laughs> amazing they, they recreated the entire infinity war with bully mcguire as thanos the whole thing that's great um and at the end of it, and this is what I wanted to tell you guys, um, I think it's amazing. And I legit, and this is not a joke, I think that someone needs to crowdfund 
some kind of Bully Maguire short that reunites Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire as that character with the hair and the suit and the moves just wreaking havoc across some sort of multiverse. Uh, I'll be the first donor. I'm in. Again, Lord and Miller, I feel like (laughs) they're the most likely candidates. That's that's your best chance. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Well, if it makes you feel better, I already own Spider-Man 3, so I didn't even have to buy it for this podcast because I, I just owned it. have purchased every single movie that I have helped with, watch it with you guys. It's, I'm like $30 in the hole. Oh, man. Well yeah. spent. Well, when you, make the sh- when you make the shirts, you'll make it back. So there you go. I'm, I'm going to have to work on that markup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figure out the map to just incorporate this and future appearances where you have to buy these movies. Uh, But speaking of that, would you like to plug things that people can find you? uh, Like you have a shop legit, if I remember correctly, sometime. Oh, yeah. But it's one of those weird pop up shops. Like generally there's nothing on it except when there's a shirt tied into like some gear we're revealing. Um yeah, I, I need to practice the plugging. I don't really have anything right now. But um, next year, you're going to start seeing a lot more Our Heroes Rock stuff. Nice. Um, we this year. just did a kind of a neat behind the scenes thing that I think we'll be announcing soon. Um, so we're going to start picking up momentum like a lot faster soon. That's so awesome. We'll see. Yeah, that is exciting. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully you write your your thing that you write into all your scripts into Our Heroes Rock. So <laughs> <laughs> Already there. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, yeah, that's it. Andy, do you just want to go ahead and stand in my doorway and say our famous sign off? Face it, Tiger. You just hit the jackpot. Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. How many times has this happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio. A weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network.